Good evening, folks. Welcome back to the Fan Batch. I'm Andy, and I'm joined by my own band of brothers here. We got Wes R. Scott. Hello! And Hank McLaughlin. Woo! What's up, Galaxy? Well, as always, you know, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join the conversation. Well, they're all over there, all those buttons. Hit them all. Yeah. Join them all. them all. Do all the things. Do what they do. But uh, it's kind of fitting that this week uh, Fee gets a larger role because oh uh, yeah, if you didn't know, Wanda Sykes was actually guest hosting the Daily Show. Oh no way! Yeah, uh-huh, that's cool. Really? Yeah. So last week was uh, Leslie. We did. We talked about Leslie Jones last week, yeah. and this week it was Wanda Sykes. So okay, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Uh, I thought Leslie. W- I thought it was a full time gig. I thought it was too, but then I saw another promo, and it's like guest oh. host every week so what's the deal with trevor noah i believe he's moved on to other stuff so now yeah. we're just going back ro- to stand up it's a rotating seat oh has he good for him yeah yeah is it a rotating seat now then until they find somebody that uh, bumps okay. the ratings enough i guess All right. uh, john stewart excuse me sorry <laughs> john stewart. <clears throat> uh any opening thoughts for this week's episode guys uh i have one Raiders much? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I, I in our in our cross chatter b- leading up to the episode, I think I had written, "Wow, this episode is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark meets The Goonies uh, um, meets uh, Godzilla." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, oh, um, oh yes, and the Fifth Element. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you probably it's it's a choose your own adventure of uh, basically sci-fi adventure tropes i'm sure we could find the mummy and a few other really crazy stuff you but know, you had mentioned that the other week you yeah. were talking about uh, other pop culture references and i and it really dawned on me t- uh, for this one i was like oh my god there is quite a few there is some spot on stuff in this yeah, yeah. yeah. it's about time they started giving back you know <laughs> you know like they're i mean they're being leaned into so heavily by other properties that it's kind of well, uh, it, it should it, be open gate. It should be like carte blanche for Star Wars to use. I like the fact it. that people are not afraid to uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, and yet it's still 100% Star Wars. Yeah. Because oh, yeah a lot of yeah. what the wink, wink, nudge, nudge in this week is George Lucas related. Yeah, of course it is. So mm-hmm. um, I know we're not there yet, um, but I did. I wanted to take a minute to share. Uh, it seems appropriate with the Mandalorian about to come back. I, I, uh, I got a new friend this week. Uh-oh. How was that? Oh, it's our uh, Death Watch Mandalorian. Also, mm. also, did you guys watch uh, watch Willow yet, Andy? I have not. No, watched okay. It yet. Well, um, just because uh, we're talking mm. work, Davis mm. here for a second. I got another friend this week too. Nice. Oh, that's real nice. And I don't care what anybody says. I love these furry little cannibal bastards. Oh man, man, man! <laughs> I love cool. my cannibal teddy bears. <laughs> yep. Violent it's like creatures. Chuck Norris went to build a bear. That's right. But uh, before we get too far in, oh, yeah, of course, is, of course. Is it time? Uh, we can make a time. Let me just. Oh, let me my. Is time it, for what? Is it time? Time? time for another round of uh, bad Star Wars jokes. Nice. It never gets old. It doesn't. Where is uh, that guy? I don't know. How did Darth Vader cheat at poker? Uh, well, uh, I don't know. How did Darth Vader cheat at poker? Mm. He kept altering the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Nice <laughs> did not deep. alter the hand any further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, you got any more? No, I'm I'm almost ready to dive in here. So I guess that has been another installment of Bad 
Star Wars jokes. One day I'm going to find that guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, this week, we are... Uh, where are we here? There we are. That's I know where I am. I'm in the studio. Where are you? I, I'm messing around with stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> so without further ado, let's dive into episode five. Uh, this episode originally aired Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. It's titled Entombed, and it has a listed runtime of 29 minutes with credits and titles, but it comes in at 25 minutes and 43 seconds without. Mm, a little bit longer than last week. A little bit. Not by much, though. No. Uh, this one is written by Christopher Yost. He's got uh, 22 writing credits previously done, including one episode of The Mandalorian, uh, five episodes of Rebels, Thor Ragnarok, and an interesting upcoming one as early screenplay for the 2024 Masters of the Universe project. Crazy. So we've we've covered that before. Um, is this is a new uh, yet another screenplay? This one is listed new, as new, upcoming. New. So, okay, I have to go back and rewatch our uh, Masters episode to see if that if that tracks with what we reported right. before, <laughs> or if it's a new update. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, but back in the director's chair yet again is Nathaniel Villanova. And with this episode, that will bring his total for the Bad Batch up to eight episodes. Oh, right on. Oh, man. So. Makes him a veteran. Just yeah. under a half. He's an ace, like, almost twice over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the synopsis this week reads, The Batch searches for an ancient treasure that stirs up a shocking surprise. Did anybody think, uh, we talked about this before, uh, and I think other outlets were sort of, and maybe I kind of got caught up in the hype train there that, like, entombed was going to be this big like oh it's going to be super heavy and really dark and like really major uh, uh forward uh plot pushing surprise <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i went into it thinking you know what they're going to get stuck somewhere that much i there was no question that that, that was going to happen i just thought it was going to be more foreboding maybe oh, it was like, foreboding. like i've been i've been i've enjoyed the last two episodes but uh, uh but this one more than the last one for sure but I still feel like, and it is a long season. I mean, we're getting a lot of a lot of episodes, but I, I I feel like after they dropped some of the big heavy bombs last season, that I'm right. like, okay, that that was cute. That's okay. The racing was cute. Let's you know, let's go back to Tython. <laughs> let's let's right. go to the let's go to the mountain. I know I know we're going there. Yep. You know, Tannis, but um, yeah. So I. Not that I didn't enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I'm like chomping at the bit. And maybe that's the idea. <laughs> maybe that's do, the idea. Do I dare use the word filler? Uh, for me, I would totally. Okay. I, I agree with you, Andy. I don't, I don't find them filler. I, I actually, you know, I mean, you, for guys that, uh, for you folks that uh, watched last week or listened to last week's episode, the racing episode, I was so tickled pink by that. Like, and I admit it, I probably liked it more than I had a right to, but it just, mm -hmm. it, it, it hit some nostalgia buttons for me that weren't strictly star Wars related. Yeah. 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 And I, and I get that with the pop culture references in this episode, I get a similar kind of like, Oh, that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So definitely, definitely fun. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's me. I listened to an interesting podcast uh, when I was on the road yesterday and, and it was a, a podcast about screenwriting and, and the, the gentleman hosting it suggested that the reason why uh, a lot of Hollywood films uh, suck lately 
is that writers are not believing in their characters that movies are being made uh, based on, you know, what's going to sell. Yeah. As opposed to just write, you know, develop your character, believe in your characters. And, and you know how I am with that. My whole tech thing. Yeah. That's where I was last week. And I think because I was so invested in tech as a character, I think that's mm. what really made that episode shine for me. Um, you know, I was I was absent last week, but I can say the one thing that um, sort of felt like a dropped ball to me last week was that yep. uh, there was no surprises for me. I knew the second the episode opened, that like early on in the conversation, I, I was like, oh, Tech's going to win the race. He's going to end up racing and going to win the race. But, yeah. Like I saw it coming from a mile away. And I, I like, you know, I know I do expect a little more, but not that I didn't enjoy it. Like the Phantom Menace stuff, the, 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 the George Lucas racing stuff and all yep. that stuff is present, you know, in this episode too. It's just like that meat is coming and, and, and I'll, I'll wait for it. I'm not disappointed by any means, but I want that meat no, so me bad. I mean, there's me some either. heavy dangling. How many appetizers they're going to throw at you before? Right, <laughs> right, right, you know right, right. Before we get back to the clones, so we okay. we spent. I'll go back to the the analogy. Standing in front of the the monument, the memorial, it can't be all like doom and gloom all the time. Or you're going to lose the kids. You don't want to lose right. the kids. No, but you know, hundred percent. I get that. I get that. These are all just personal gripes too. There's there's absolutely yep. nothing wrong with the show. No, no, absolutely okay. love it. I was just gonna just on a technical note, Andy, just uh, switch that camera off. Just oh, okay. three dots, and then uh, stop cam. There you go. I'll just <clears throat> save wrong. some bandwidth. There you go. <laughs> uh, for me though, like this episode is kind of vital in giving us more of that. Uh, sure, yeah. Character development for fee, like based on what we got right. in the opening episode, we didn't get much, and now we've got a bit better gauge. Of you know, is she going to betray them? Is she just using them? Yeah, she's is totally she willing uh, to throw them under the bus. I had said this in the chat too. She's basically a, a Doctor Afra mixed with Hondo. Yeah, yeah, I I I said that she might be our stand-in for Hondo in his absence. Yeah, and uh, seeing her this week, uh, seeing her geared up, as it were, mm-hmm. I totally. I, I will. And repeat, I mean, it's I, I big, believe she is the standard. It's for a him. big universe. So there's, you know, there's more than one that kind of character. So it's, and it's, you know, that's cool too. But I feel like we're in that Filoni verse world where, like, of course, Hondo would have fit so perfectly in this. World. I'm not. I'm not convinced that they're not connected yet. Yeah, and I think well, that there is room for him to turn up. That's quite possible. And Lauren did say like Hondo's is likely to kill you as, and that's a well, little heavy for, uh, you know, a lighthearted pi- pi- piratey companion. Yeah, uh, Doctor Avra's in that category too. If if it suits both of those characters' needs, they they would put a blaster in your back easily. So there is that. This she seems to be more endearing, if you will. Yeah. I did like her, uh, and I know we'll get to it when we get to the visual aspect. But I really appreciated the fact that when uh, when Sid had called her the most trustworthy pirate I know, <laughs> animation wise, they really leaned into the pirate theme. She's carrying ostensibly what amounts to a cutlass. Yep. Her blaster looks like a flintlock. Like I, mm, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of gearing up too, if you'll notice in the episode, uh, fee is not wearing any sort of helmet. No. And neither is Omega. 
what are you suggesting that well the first three outings we've had omega come in with her little uh, rebel style helmet that's true that is true yeah and you'll notice she's kind of really leaning into emulating fee this episode well yeah we'll oh, get into it in the episode sure. for sure we'll, she we'll parrots her that. oh yeah she parrots yeah, yeah. her tons and it, what i you know and we can talk about it when it when it pops up but i feel like that's her uh accepting programming if you will like learning from her you know she's going to learn yeah. stuff from sid she's gonna she, like she just learned gaming and strategy from sid uh she's gonna learn you know adventuring and risk taking from from fee and uh there is a there is a big character thing that i think this ep this episode does and we'll, we'll talk about that when we hit it but i think that there is one very important thing in this episode and and it, it revolves around hunter but we should probably dive in we've been <laughs> all right <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, we open this week's episode in a large junkyard somewhere on Ord Mantell, where we soon find Wrecker and Omega scavenging for usable parts. Wrecker remarks how he loves a good junkyard, and he hoists a large metal component onto his shoulder. He then states that they should be able to find a spare compressor here, and Omega adds her two cents, citing, among other things, as she looks through a broken shard of glass. Wrecker agrees with a chuckle and a hearty, you got that right. And as the two move further into the uh, yard, we see crushed and stripped ships all piled around them, similar to your average car junkyard, right? But I was, I really thought we were going to get some uh, serious Easter eggs in this. I, yeah. I was looking hard. Yeah, mm. but I could not. No, me neither. Out. No, I didn't really. But especially the one they climb into. Not even yeah. any steel peckers. <laughs> they're at the other end would have been a perfect opportunity we got steel peckers in the sereno episode yeah. they were yeah. in the palace and flew out the window yep but can't get them in a junkyard <laughs> denied <laughs> they got steel pecker scarecrows i don't know <laughs> steel pecker crows that doesn't sound right oh, that whoa. sounds awful <laughs> it does oh <laughs> parents i am so sorry There's please cut that one out in post <laughs> <laughs> but anyway omega peeks into the cockpit of one of the not flattened uh, ships and climbs inside wrecker follows and he ends up tossing his metal component on the floor omega she pops open a glove compartment and inside finds it full of items and she gives a celebratory yes and she pulls out some goggle frame lenses a ball on a stick and you know a few other items at the same time though wrecker has found the compressor that they're looking for telling omega he's got it and he asks her have you found anything good and she waves her new treasure tells wrecker check it out and he gives an approving yeah <laughs> it's totally kid like though it right is. i mean like, look what i found yeah she's just being a kid yeah everything is treasure but uh, we cut back to Sid's parlor where we get uh, we find Fee regaling Ketch and Bolo with one of her adventures. And the two regulars, they're listening intently as she tells them the time of she uh, had to fend off a tentacled beast called an octomorph. The octomorph. Barehanded, no less. <laughs> uh, this is the first mention of this particular beast, but perhaps it's simply a nod to the octopus from that deleted scene in Goonies. Oh, right. With the octopus on the yeah. pirate ship. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I buy that. I could swear when it originally aired on TV, though, yeah. that it was included. Yeah, I feel it like may I... it may have been for the uh, so TV broadcast movies. There... There's so there's a there's this thing. There's a couple of them. Aliens is the one that comes to mind, and it's the sequence uh, with the the auto cannons. 
the auto cannons that were later mm. included in the DVD uh, was a director's cut DVD yeah, edition, right, right. but they did not appear in the theatrical cut. It was in the television broadcast version where that was first seen. The, so, mi- yeah. the missing song from the Muppet Christmas movie was in the television release. Yes. Yeah. yeah we just release. I just yeah. watched it this past Christmas too. Yeah. And same with uh, Jaws when he goes to the hardware store for the piano wire that gets snapped later. Oh, right. Is this the worst thing for the Mandela effect. Mm. The death scene in Bambi. <sighs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but uh, we get a little bit of Orabesh here first. Uh, the sign outside, which simply reads SIDS. Nice. And uh, as we catch up with Echo, Hunter, and Tech sitting at the bar, Tech remarks that this story changes every time she tells it. And in the background here, we get more. Uh, there's a little bit of Orabesh on the wall that reads best in mid-rim. I thought that, you know, is that not something that we scribbled on a bathroom wall? Maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. Maybe she's trying to hawk some fries or something. Does that look like it's painted on there or scratched in? No, it's it's painted painted on there. Clean looking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty clean. All right. Uh, The sign between Echo and Hunter, uh, it reads tricky shot. Nice. I'm assuming one of the game things, Uh, the one between him and Echo or Uh, the credit, uh, the credit pusher. The credit pusher. Yes. Between him and Tech. Yeah, and the tablet that Hunter is reading has video, and if you hold for another frame, you get the next letter. It's S. Oh, okay. So video screen, maybe, maybe. But either way, he's studying something. Um, Fee continues that uh, after she vanquished the beast, she swam through a coral cave only to find the Grand Pearl of Novak. And this blows the minds of Ketchum Bolo, but Hunter is quick to dismiss it, stating those two will believe anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they are pretty fixated on her. They are. They're like right enamored right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this is our first reference to this particular artifact, but there are two existing references to Novak. Oh, cool. Uh, the first is Novak Incorporated, which was a well-known tech giant with branches in weapons, medicine, and ships. They were founded in 34 ABY. Oh, and were a longtime supplier of the Republic. Okay. Among some of their items were uh, the Libertation, or, or what am I saying here? The sorry, the Liberation class heavy carrier, Liberation, which we have okay, uh, yeah. a picture of there. Uh, the expandable vibroblade. Oh, nice. Uh, Medichlorian killing poison. Oh, oh, jeez. And to side or to uh, supply both sides they also made force restoring back to tanks are these are these canon uh references these are they are oh wow okay like so technically it hasn't happened yet for them no no sure but but... the novak family could be present right 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 in the galaxy so in the future they these things will be yeah so if there is like some rich legacy of the family novak that's cool related to it that's very cool uh the other one is a bit deeper cut and it's jim novak Oh, nice. Uh, he was a comic book creator and letterer who worked for Marvel Comics back in the 70s. Sure. And mm-hmm. his tie to it is a pretty deep one. Because in the late 70s, he redesigned the logo for the Marvel Star Wars comic For book, the comic book. Making changes that were incorporated into the version that got used in the film's marketing. I mean, Lucasfilm has been known to use uh, names of people, you know, uh, like a little, part of the crew and, yeah. and uh, production crew to yep, give them sure. a little name drop here and there. Yeah. In a 2013 interview with Gizmodo, Novak was quoted saying, I made a few significant changes, but it was basically their design and I marvelized it. Very good. So, nice. though we might not know the artifact, there could be possibilities. Yeah. 
just then Wrecker and Omega return from the junkyard with a proclamation of mission accomplished. And Wrecker announces one compressor as requested as he tosses the component to tech tech responds with a nicely done Wrecker and Omega adds, that's not all we got as she lays out her treasures for tech to inspect. And after a quick glance, he tells her this assortment could have been left at the junkyard, but Fee cuts him off telling him easy, quick draw, let the expert take a look. It's funny how now we've got, so we're going to have to remember that each clone is going to have three names. They're going to have their actual name. Yep. They're yep. going to have what Sid calls them. And now yep. they're going to have what Fee calls them. Yeah. Well, and there's, and there's their CT designation. There's CT oh, there's designation. That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Getting up there. Goggles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Headband. Tech informs her that the first piece she picks up is just a manifold regulator and a broken one at that. And sarcastically, she snipes back. Thanks, clone obvious. <laughs> and throwing the first parts back, one item catches her eye and she picks up a thin disc type object and sliding open a cover on it, it reveals strange markings etched into it. Fee estimates that they're coordinate markings and echoing her statement, Omega's eyes go wide with wonder. Fee calls to her droid Mel221, who we're meeting for the first time. Uh, she's a cylindrical type of power droid that resembles like a cross between R2 and Gonky. Yeah, I, I totally got that as well. Yeah. But Mel waddles over and emits a light through the center eye of the object and a purple light shines out and Fee utters, I was right. It's a compass. One from long before our time. And she goes on to say that the coordinates are in the Kaldar trinary system. Another first mention. And Tech replies that he has no record of that system. But Fee retorts that the best treasures usually aren't found on maps, which is kind of weird because there's always treasure maps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Omega cuts in and she's like, there's treasure there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Lights right up. Yeah. And Fee tells her without a doubt. She goes on to tell Omega that the compass is a rare find and she has a good eye. And this, like, for me, is like a first indication Whereas tech kind of just dismisses it like, no, it's junk. Get rid of it. Right. But she's like almost the mothering instinct. Okay. No, no, let me have a look. See what you got. Yeah. 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 Before mm. just dismissing it. Right. Well, she kind of, there's another sequence uh, later on in the episode where she kind of, kind of does that. Let me look. Yeah. Um, which to me has the opposite effect. It, it's not endearing in the, in the second instance where it's a little more. Yeah. Here. Like cut the kid a break. What yeah. You find? Yeah. Yeah. Because she is a kid, right? So, despite what we keep forgetting. That she's older than they are. Yeah. Yeah. But brimming with excitement, she turns to Hunter and pleads to go check it out, citing that uh, they all heard what Fee said, but Hunter crosses his arms and replies, Fee says a lot of things. But Fee suggests that she could go herself and keep all the spoils, or they could go together and split it 50-50. Yep. And Omega questions, what if there is really treasure there? And Wrecker adds his two cents, noting that they're not on a mission right now, adding or in adding to her case, Omega jubilantly says it could be fun. So that's two weeks in a row that she said that exact line about going somewhere to do something. It could be fun. And it reminds me that it's, you know, everything through the eyes of a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. it, it's a big world. It's a big galaxy. And everything is just this. What's the next wonderful thing I've never seen before. Yeah even if it could kill you. Right. <laughs> but at this point, Echo chimes in, noting that the last time they went after treasure, it didn't go as planned. But Fee snaps back. You weren't working with a professional then. 
and Mel beeps and whirs and Fee puts the question to them one last time. Hunter gives a sigh and reluctantly nods his head. Yes. Come on, Rambo. You're going. Yep. We crossfade to find the Havoc Marauder cruising through space and they approach a grayish planet with a single moon. Inside the ship, we find Omega doing her best fee impression with both of them using Mel as a footrest. Uh, she questions just how many uncharted planets fee is being to. And she replies too many to count. That's why she needs Mel to keep all track of all of them and all of the legends that she's chased down over the years. But that's the life of a treasure hunter. I like that aspect. Um, I know droids play such a significant role uh, in star Wars. And then to have a pirate who basically has a walking repository database black book i mean yeah and i mean we've seen that before where like calrissian oh, files sure or just like having uh, i have this data pad that's you know i can just wizard up i can just internet up something but to have it physically mm. contained within a droid mm. yeah. where it's not connected to anything but the droid i really like that that physical yeah i got yeah. it with me at all times yeah just yeah walked around but uh, from behind them hunter questions don't you mean pirate and fee casually fires back i prefer liberator of ancient wonders <laughs> and almost dismissively she turns back to omega and asks if she wants to hear about the time she found the blade of zakata par and omega responds with a resounding yes i do and she begins her tale hunter looks on with a hint of disapproval before sheathing his vibroblade and walking away uh, He's doing the, even more brooding in this episode. Yes, he is. <laughs> Dark and brooding. Uh, the, blade of, uh, the blade of Zakata Par, another first time reference. There is, a, I was going to say, there is a, a lot, lot of firsts in this episode. Yeah. You said you had a theory, Hank. Well, it just, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it a little further on in the episode. It's just, oh, sure. You know, if we go back a slide, you see him with his arms folded and yep. in this uh, right there on the, uh, on the right in the yep. middle. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and on the, the slide that we're on now, he's in the background fiddling with his knife. Uh, I, I really think that Hunter's struggling more with his role post-war than any of mm. the other characters. Um, he's their leader and he's a military commander. Yeah. And yeah. now he's not. <laughs> There's no <laughs> war to fight. Everybody else seems to be adapting, tax finding things to keep sure. himself busy. Uh wreckers a child at heart and has another child to like literally play with uh, echo has never really fit in uh and is recovering from his own sort of traumas and i think that hunter is struggling with his uh his leadership role like i don't like he finding his purpose um and it comes up several more times in this episode i think that might be the biggest sort of thing that's happening in this episode is is a uh, is watching hunter maybe not break necessarily but struggle for sure for the first time that we've really seen mm. to, oh, that's to a put really a good analysis. Extra spin on that though um the whole first season right he has had the role of omega's protector in oh that's so true father like yeah, yeah and now all of a sudden here comes this pirate person filling her head full of all these tall tales and yeah you know treasure hunting adventures and it's kind of counterintuitive to some of the survival stuff that he's well, been teaching her that. And we also talked about it even back in the first episode uh, in 201 about him having to dial back uh, that fatherly protector because she is uh, advancing. Uh, yeah. 
by the end of season one, they did acknowledge that yes, you are a member, you are a part of the the yeah. the you're going on mission team. You're one of us, right? And they giving her the the room to to breathe, as it were, to develop as her own character. And there's yeah. several times when they're in the in the dungeon, if you will, where he has to acquiesce to Fee's leadership, and you you can just I know it's not an actor. I know it's animation, but you can just feel the mm, yeah yeah like his like I don't. I'm not used to this crap. Like he has very few lines for a guy that says a ton of stuff uh, in terms of being in charge of the team. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yep. Yeah. We crossfade and uh, join the batch on approach to the barren planet and they land in the shadow of a rocky cliff. And as they depart the ship tech scans for signs of life, but doesn't find any. And fee makes her way to a dead looking plant covered in thistles and thorns. Tech remarks that there is no sign of civilization anywhere. And he goes on to tell them that he's not surprised because the terrain looks like it's been raised and left uninhabitable. Echo questions who would want to hide treasure here. But as he does, a strange noise starts coming out of the uh, compass, causing the batch to turn around and look at Echo. And he tells them the compass is just activated. I got big vibes of uh, um, what's the what was the name of the uh, in uh, the old Republic Hank was it Corbon? Uh, Corbon, yeah, yeah. I got kind of yeah. Corbon vibes out of this place. Yeah, and absolutely. Which they later canonized, like retcon to be uh, Moraband. Hmm. They yeah they like it's it's basically a swap for swap. Yeah, uh, in the Clone Wars they use Moraband, but it's basically the the Sith homeworld, right? That's what we're talking about. Oh, we just had a bit of a lag up there. A lag out there. I'm not sure what happened. He's back. Oh, you're back. <laughs> All right. <I'm> back. <laughs> you were saying that it was a swap, a name swap. It was just basically uh, they used Moraband in the in the in canon in the Clone Wars, and it's right in the novels. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. In the legends, but um, isn't that the Sith homeworld? It's the one they got exiled to. I believe. Yeah, so. yeah. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Back here, uh, holding it up, he turns, listening for the sound to increase, and Echo estimates that it's leading them to the south. And full of excitement, Omega grabs the compass right out of his hand, proclaiming, let's go, as she darts off. And Fee tells the Batch she's got the right attitude. Yeah, completely fearless. Yeah, before calling for Omega to wait up as she runs off to catch her. Uh, the Batch exchange a couple of glances and follow along with Mel in tow into the harsh and inhospitable terrain. Mm. Uh, rushing onward underneath intertwined dead tree limbs, Omega and Fee continue to push forward following the directions of the compass. They come to a clearing and shafts of light shine down through the gnarled trees. Omega looks forward and then back, and as she stares at the rock wall ahead, she wonders if they reached a dead end. But Fee then postures, maybe it's telling us to go inside. Drawing a blade from her belt, Fee approaches the wall and jams the blade between two stones, and pulling downward, they begin to move. She reaches her hand into the darkness, feeling for any breeze, and then calling for the big guy to come help. Wrecker strides forward and wrenches the elder boulders loose. But See, in doing so, he causes more to collapse. Yeah, basically. Uh, he causes more rocks above to loosen and collapse. They all jump back, but when the dust settles amidst the collapsed pile of boulders is a hidden doorway. We're going into Moria. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have a cave troll? I hope not. <laughs> But full of wonder, <laughs> maybe full of wonder, Omega says, uh, 
it's a secret entrance and wrecker he parrots her say or parrots her statement and fee lights her lantern and they move to the door and as they enter a four-legged creature stalks them from above we don't get a very good glimpse of him yet fee shines her lantern around as they enter into the large circular chamber with ornate designs on the floors and walls and tech tells hunter that the etchings on the walls are easily over a thousand years old but fee suggests that they're older much older and scanning the walls she tells them if she's right which she always is they're standing in the entrance to scaranal that's where i kind of go the guy just did like a an analysis of the thing and you're going oh it's older than that and that's i get it you're this that they're playing her to be this experienced treasure hunter yeah but it's like um last time i checked you didn't have x-rays in your eyes no (laughs) no it's it's that kind of like oh and i do get it like yes her experience counts for a lot in this case and that it's probably like something she's seen before but conveniently that you just happen to know yeah we've also set up that at least through the eyes of hunter that she exaggerates everything she says too right so again is she just a little bit out of uh, yeah 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 that's how i feel yeah echo questions to what and fee goes on to tell them that every pirate out there has heard the legend of scaranal it dates back to the ancients and echo asks the jedi but fee says no older Wrecker asks, what kind of treasure's in there? And Fee plainly tells them, it's the heart of the mountain. And with a sly smile, she says, we're going to liberate it. Liberator of antiquities. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Omega asks how they're going to get in, but examining the room, there are stone rods jetting out from the wall. And Fee says, it's pattern. These rods, though, bear a striking resemblance to the stones in the sci-fi classic, The Fifth Element. I don't know what you mean. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is like our first reference to that. It'll come up again, but Fee continues to tell them that they need to be aligned in the right order. And she sets her lantern down and begins to push one of the rods and grinding forward. It moves the entire lower ring of the room and looking at the other rods, Fee suggests little help would be nice. So Wrecker again, steps up and moves the second one into position, but the room starts to shake and Hunter notes that it doesn't sound good. Behind them, the door slams shut, and from above, a boulder drops. Fee jumps and pushes Wrecker to safety, and the boulder misses them all. Hunter rushes forward to check on them as Wrecker sits on the floor and groans. Fee stands up and declares, booby traps. Now this is getting interesting. But Hunter snaps at her, and uh, that she's just gotten them trapped. Fee tells him to relax, as there's always a way out. They just have to find it part of the puzzle but omega again opens the compass and looks through the uh, shaded purple aperture as she scans the room she sees certain symbols are lit up through the compass and telling the batch this she jumps onto the boulder for a better vantage point fee suggests laying the compass on her lantern and as she does the room glows with a soft purple light causing certain symbols to glow wrecker sets to moving the rings into the proper alignment and the descriptive audio says that Hunter helps Wrecker with the last one, mm. but it's actually Tech who helps out. <laughs> so Take we, your helmets off. We can't we, tell who you are. <laughs> I've brought this up before that the, the folks doing the descriptive audio, like, are they? I think they're doing it pre-seeing the episode. Yeah. Are they just being given a, a script and saying, here, read, read this? this. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm <sighs> sure that they are. 
it's really disheartening too because it's like i know that uh that disney and lucasfilm are spending a, a ton of money on this stuff but like guys these are things that are easily fixed the same as last week's like you just announced a racer that's not you didn't even yeah. animate that guy just go back and cut the line out yeah oh it, it's weird that like we're getting these cracks in the armor because i remember a lot uh in of season two of our mando uh the fandalorian episodes yeah yep. i was like i was calling the things that they they were saying canon like like oh they just called that a, a, a vibro axe that, that's right right well that was a ray shield okay sure sure you know like they named that planet there that's that's gospel but now i'm I, like oh maybe it, maybe it's not yeah, so much. i'm kind of in the same in the same boat where it's like I do rely on the descriptive audio quite a bit and I do take a lot of what they say as rote, but like there are just certain things like the name of the character that you're talking about. Like we know it's I'm like looking at who it is. It should be listed as who it is. Case in point. Uh, one of our videos that we, uh, on one of the streams, we, um, I called, um, I, I pull, I pulled a short video out of it and I referred to the time grapplers anvil as an anvil and we got a we got a comment it's a bell i'm like it's being used as a bell but it is <laughs> it is described as an anvil so that's what i'm going with yeah right, right or wrong the the question is valid so yeah interesting though like you say chinks in the armor i guess yep but with the final rod in uh, place a rectangle with six points on it glows at the top of the row and the room momentarily shakes as the floor begins to rotate opening both the door behind them and a new door in front of them. Uh, the musical score in this episode, though, if you haven't noticed it by now, uh, you have to go back and give it a listen because Kevin Kinnear has knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's, it's really like, good. The music has been solid the whole, uh, every episode so far, as yeah, far as I'm concerned. Like last episode was more of a, a techno. Yeah, vibe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, he is nailing it with callbacks to like the Indiana Jones franchise. Oh, it's very John Williams here. Yeah, crazy John Room score style score. Fee, she kneels down and tells Mel to note the coordinates and wait here. And then turning to Omega, she tells her it's time to go exploring. Wrecker is the first in after him, citing, looks like we're doing this. And Tech follows next, them with uh, telling them, you know, his curiosity's peaked. Echo gives Hunter a nod and enters as well. And Hunter pauses a moment, looking back at the exit before moving forward. The group move along a narrow path, each with their lights shining. And as they walk along, Omega asks exactly what is the heart of the mountain? And Fee tells her that it's a rare crystalline stone. And she goes on to tell her that uh, some say it's the key to an ancient power, which makes it worth more than she can possibly fathom. Yeah. Oh, we got our first comment coming in here from Toy Connections. Oh, it's our friend Ken, Ken. over at uh, Toy Connections. Oh, Ken. I got to catch up on these episodes. Yes, you do. Oh, They're sorry, pretty good. Ken. Thanks for dropping by anyway, buddy. He's got no logo, too. Did you see it? He's got a new logo, too. Bring it up here one more time. Is that a new one? That's not a new one, is it? That's it's the same new? one. I believe oh. that's the same one. I Oh, is it? It's mm. beautiful. Sorry, I like it. We've been doing new logos and stuff. So that... <laughs> we've been doing a lot. Sorry, Andy's been doing a lot of new logos. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> if head you've over got an '80s fandom. Head over and check out the uh, the merch shop because there are a ton of new pop culture inspired fandom power mm -hmm. logos over there for you to 
to chew on and uh, watch yourself, us take liberties. <laughs> get, yourself, get yourself a t-shirt or a coffee mug if you so uh, are inclined. Or a magnet yeah. or a sticker. You know what? Just get one of everything. There you go. Get one of everything. But uh, back here, Tech announces that uh, he's completed his preliminary analysis of the stone slabs and they predate the Republic. He also states that uh, Fee may be onto something. A few steps ahead, though, Fee and Omega spin around and uh, Fee calls out, hey, tough guys, want to pick up the pace? <laughs> but scanning the high walls, Hunter moves for his blaster. Right. And Omega questions, Hunter? Just then, uh, a loud growl echoes through the caves and a plume of dust falls down from one of the round tubes above them. Now on high alert, the batch scan for a source of the noise. Wrecker turns and from another unseen hole in the ceiling, a large hairless creature leaps onto him, snapping its wide jaws inches from his face. Wrecker holds it off while the rest of the batch fire on it. And I got pitched uh, pitch black vibes. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Wreckers are Vin Diesel standing. Uh, absolutely. He He's the one for this. Yep. But uh, it crawls back up the tube, trying to take him with it. And he continues to punch the beast until it drops him. And with record clear, the batch unload on the creature, causing it to retreat. But all the shots have an unintended consequence of causing a cave-in, leaving Omega, Fee, and Hunter on one side and uh, Echo, Tech, nice. and Wrecker on the other. Zillow Beast. <laughs> yeah. Facebook user comment. Zillow Beast. Yeah. Mm, similar. Mm, you know, I get I'm going to say no based on the really clear shot we get of it later. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, I, I, it's like some baby version. It has a similar, like writhing the way the body movement is, but the Zillow beast, I mean, it was like a flat worm, like a bunch yeah, of flat yeah. worms all stuck together. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no claws. Not on that. No. Yeah. Yeah. But like this thing clearly has claws. Oh uh, yeah. Record, yes. Snap its horns off. Uh, that last scene. Maybe? maybe no, he doesn't. He doesn't get close to the horns, but we'll get oh. there. Oh, oh, that's that's coming up. Yeah. Follow up comment. Uh, impenetrable. This is true. That is true. Yeah. Is that is true. With some sort of plating. Omega radios for them, pleading for them to answer. And on the other side, the three clones dust themselves off, and Echo answers back that they're okay, but there's too much debris to get through. Tech says the readings aren't clear, but he can track their position and they will catch up using some side tunnels mm. and rendezvous at the other end. Fee says, good, then we'll keep looking for treasure. And she turns to Hunter and says, what? That's what we're here for. And nonchalantly, she says, it'll be fine. Come on. Fortune awaits. Omega and Hunter hold for a moment and then follow Fee in the dark. Later on, Fee, Omega and Hunter exit the tunnels and enter into another huge room covered in markings. And at the end of the room is another large door. Another growl faintly echoes behind them, and Hunter pushes forward, saying they need to keep moving. He shines his light around the opening as he continues forward, stepping on raised tiles with markings and etched on them. So this there's a funny thing here, I gotta say, about about real life and this episode in when oh, sure. I was watching it for the very first time. Lauren wasn't watching it. She was cooking dinner. <laughs> and she walked over because she'll often will just come and just kind of check it out and she literally walked over and said why is the tunnel upside down oh before <laughs> like like i swear to god <laughs> she just walked over. why is the tunnel upside down and i think it's because of the u-shape in that scene right there where it looks like 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like an archway. <laughs> but I, I kind of, I, I didn't even, it, it didn't even register until like no, thirty no. seconds later. When go ahead, Andy. Sorry, but that's, yeah, that's all good. No, cool. But it, be it's a good. A, it's a good point, in though. Dungeon, boys. <laughs> look at the look at. I mean, uh, classic classic science fiction, which I, I include Star Wars in that. Every uh, portal, and I don't mean like portal. I mean like uh, access way between in a hallway on a ship. You mm-hmm. know, it could have very easily have been just a round doorway, and now you step over the bulkhead and you're in the next compartment. Yeah, right. I didn't think twice about it. I'm just like, oh, that's just no, it is. No. Yeah. Good for Lauren, though. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I was super. I was like, wow. Freaky. <laughs> but Fee calls to hang on as this is too easy. And Omega shines her light through the compass and notices the tiles on the ceiling are glowing. But Fee, she yells for Hunter to stop but it's too late and the floor collapses under his feet and he falls into a dark opening. They rush forward to help, but in a flash Hunter already has thrown his grappling hook in an effort to stop his fall. Now, did he manually throw that or is this, is this a new gadget? Because I got the impression that this came from a forearm. Like it, it kind of looked Batman esque. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, like a, it was like propelled, not like, Oh crap. Like, hand thrown i boba has the boba has the tether and yes you know like when he wraps skywalker up in return of the jedi so something like that i also got the impression that he was pissed that it was her that saved him and not himself Uh, oh maybe (laughs) but uh they rush forward anyway and uh, fee grabs a hold of the grappling hook and as hunter climbs back with that assist uh, he pulls himself up over the edge and Fee's grip on the cable slips, causing Omega to fall backwards on the floor. And as she's laying there recovering for a second, she flashes the light up again and uh, cites that uh, she thinks they have to walk on the ceiling. And Fee confirms it, saying her thoughts exactly. Why is the tunnel upside down? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, here's another point for Hunter, though. Winded, he looks at Fee and says, you're making this up as you go. But Fee says, <laughs> that's the part of the fun. Loosen up, bandana. You're in good hands. And he gruffly tells her that they've almost died three times already. But Omega has continued to scan the room while they're arguing. And she's found a compass-sized slot in the wall. And trying to misdirect, Fee tells Hunter, this reminds her of the time she tracked down the Belmont diadem. But Hunter cuts her off saying, I don't care. Yeah. And dismissively, Fee says, ooh, someone's in a mood. But uh, Hunter yeah, says, just about uh, died. Yeah, Hunter says yeah. he's only interested in getting them out alive. Uh, so we'll divert here for a second because oh, sure. uh, the Belmont diadem. Castlevania? Uh, well, actually, that's one possibility. But uh, for those who don't know, a diadem is an ornamental headband worn as a badge oh, of royalty. Yes. So basically a crown. And there is history of crowns within the star Wars universe. And there is a Belmont in the star Wars universe whose lineage could entail a diadem. Oh, okay. And he is a member of the Rilaran race. Uh, they have first appeared in the Timothy Zahn novel specter of the past. Oh, uh, they're tall bipedal humanoids with thick brown shell plates covering their bodies and feeding spikes on their face. Uh, though they have a very imposing appearance, they were among the most peaceful and spiritual cultures in the galaxy. Interesting. Which brings us to the fan-created, force-sensitive Rilaran, Carolina Belmont. Okay. Uh, who was the son of an Ulyala, 
on his homeward of Relnus Minor. Okay. Unyalas were the tribal leaders of that race, and as such, could have been adorned with crowns representing that status. So it's quite possible that the Belmont diadem is a relic from this history, uh, because this Carolyn Belmont would go on to become a Jedi Master. Interesting. And based on what they did last episode, canonizing, oh, canonizing the, a uh, piece of uh, fan uh, created. Yeah. Is it yeah. possible that they've just done it again with a work? Well, that's, you know, that man, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I, I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. I think of like Simon Belmont from like, yeah, from Castlevania, Castlevania. right? Like yeah. we're going to go hunt some stuff. Yeah. You know, which, which also makes sense. A lot of tomb. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider ish. Is that the right one? Oh, that's tomb tomb cool, Raiding. Man. That's a really nice grab. That's yeah, that's but, super possible. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, this particular article comes from the Star Wars fan site. Oh, sure. Sure. So it's all the fan fiction on there. Yeah. Yeah. Wiki there. So if you want to go read up more, there you go. But back to here. Uh, meanwhile, Omega has placed the compass in the opening and softly says, it fits. Suddenly, there's a hiss in the tunnel, and the glyphs on the ceiling begin to light up. Omega then turns the compass dial, and the tunnel starts turning until the glowing tiles are underfoot. Omega picks up a small rock and tosses it down the tunnel, and watching it bounce across the glowing tiles until it comes to rest at the uh, other doorway. Omega says, uh, it's all clear, and tries to reclaim the compass, but it won't budge. Like the uh, tossing the pebble out. Yeah, it's make very, sure that the floor is not going like, yeah. mm-hmm. Only the penitent shall pass. <laughs> yeah. But Fee says uh, it's served its purpose. Scaranal has reclaimed it. And Omega echoes her statement and then marches on. Hunter says, so we have to navigate this death trap without it. And Fee slyly says, it's a good thing you have me. Hunter gives a long sigh and they move out walking on the glowing tiles. It's, it's funny because he navigates death traps every episode without griping at all. <laughs> yeah. like, that's all they do is navigate death traps that they end up getting themselves into. And it's this one is, has him so frustrated. I really feel for Hunter. Uh, well, he, technically, he willingly walked into this one. Yeah, yeah. That's true. He did hum and ha about it though before he did, they no, left. He did. <sighs> All the rest of the group made the decision before he was like, "Okay, last it's just like room. it's just like the last one." Uh, we all took a vote. Uh, like, right. You can see <laughs> you you did what? What do you mean you voted? Since this when is was this a democracy? democracy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and that's what I mean by him having to question his his personal role in things. If he's not the yeah, leader of yeah. this group anymore, where does he fit in? Cause everybody else seems to be finding a niche. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's not. Cl- yeah. You're absolutely right. It's not clear anymore for him. Yeah, nothing's cut and dry. Anymore. No, no, it's not. I mean, if any one of them were to sit, like walk off into the sunset sort of, you know, like yeah. Not, yeah. I could see it being him. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like my work is done. Shh. I mean, you could always go back and find Cut and Cut's family, and yeah. that's like, like, yeah, like I could see him identifying with that sort of life, you know. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, it's not lost on me that characters that that, that are this diametrically opposed uh, often end up in relationships. <laughs> oh man, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Riding off into the sunset with Fee, maybe. 
Hey, <laughs> give him some purpose. I mean, he's already got the bandana and the crazy face tattoo. He might make a good pirate. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's that's classic trope, though. The the, the two characters that are butting heads, butting heads, yeah. butting heads. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Get a room, guys. He'd have to lighten up a little bit, I think. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. He's rough around the edges right now. But elsewhere, uh, Echo, Wrecker, and Tech follow through uh, around Stone Tunnel. And Tech pauses, citing that something ahead is affecting his scans. Echo tries to radio Hunter, but the comms are down as well. And ahead, a rock falls, and Wrecker blurts out, It's that thing! But Echo tells him, It's just in your head. And then the three push on and come to yet another etched stone door. Uh, they draw their blasters and rush through, only to find Omega, Hunter, and Fee waiting on the other on side. The other side, yeah. And Hunter questions what took him so long. And excitedly, Omega tells them, Fee thinks we're getting close to the treasure. Can we talk about that uh, um, that opening for a second? Sure. I don't necessarily mean the, the doorway itself, but I mean, does that, are we, am I supposed to believe that's cobwebs hanging off of the cave or is that like slime? Maybe. Like whatever lives in here, that creature that like, did they like bore through it? Like kind of like sandworm like dune style? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know. Alien, I, I, alien vibe. I totally get that. Right. Yeah. Is that melted? Like, is it a spin? Right. Is that right. metal? Like, yeah. Like, is that just another simple pop culture like reference? Or do you think maybe? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it couldn't be something like as simple as a stalactite or something. No, but, I mean, it's, it's yeah. even the, the corridor that they're in is round. Like, yeah, it was like it's been bored out. out. Yeah. Mm hmm. examining the etches on uh, this latest door tech inquires what type of puzzle is this and fee she tells him don't overthink it brown eyes as she runs her hands over the door and pulling up a latch she says sometimes a door is just a door you know what's funny as she was saying the line i found myself saying it with her and mm -hmm. all i could mm -hmm. think about was every game of dungeons and dragons i've ever played yeah 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 sometimes yeah. a door is just a door never but uh, like a propeller, one of the ornamental outer pieces on the door starts spinning as it slides to the side. And Fee looks over and gives Omega a wink. Shining their lights into the darkened room, the light catches a shining dark crystal with a purplish light emanating from it. Fee declares that's the heart of the mountain. And making her way across a steep ledge, uh, she moves towards the crystal and we get a really clear shot of it. Yep. And again, there's like, there's no denying this thing resembles <laughs> those fifth element stones. The stones from the fifth element. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even more here. But Fee climbs down and eventually makes it to the crystal and she kneels beside it, examining it. And here, uh, this might as well be the idol scene. <laughs> <in her Raiders>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because not only is she, you know, <laughs> he is like examining the idol. Yeah. But Omega yeah, yeah. is like proper mimicking Alfred Molina's character. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, but Fee, uh, she grabs a hold of the crystal and rotates it and pulls it free of the base. And uh, no sooner as she does that, but uh, the whole place begins to shake and rumble. We just activated the fifth element <laughs> or, the, or the boulder. Kim had reminded me about uh, what happened to um, Lilu when they put them all, yes. the, when they arranged them and out of her mouth. Yeah. Same thing. 
Yep. <laughs> like, oh shit. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. that a is that a is that a Zord? We'll get to that. Okay, that okay. It was like, yeah. wait a minute. Pop culture references a bunch. Well, like, wait, is that a Zord in there? <laughs> Uh, the others jump down further into the room as the rocks began to fall, and Fee clutches the crystal, crystal and uh, the etched lines in the floor begin to glow. Outside of the mountain, we see a beam of energy erupt from the top of the mountain, shooting into the sky. Still on a ledge, Hunter, he saves Omega from falling and uh, as the shaking continues. And outside, the beam of light turns into an explosion of molten rock as something rises from the mountain. Not going to lie here, uh, talking about the crystal... And going back to when she was talking about the heart of the mountain being in crystal, did anybody think Kyber? Maybe. Given the significance of Kyber in in Star Wars as of late, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of thought maybe that is. Yeah, a I mean, I kind of always Kyber. I totally default to Kyber every time I see a crystal yeah, in Star me too. Wars. I, do I, now. I got like a little Men in Black sort of, you know, heart of the galaxy, heart of the oh, mountain. Yeah, okay. It's got a, okay universe inside it just like the little you know the, the yeah the little marble or whatever what do you the, mean the yeah. snow globe that we're all living in yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey the uh, we'll talk about it off camera okay the sure. earth's core stops spinning oh that's crazy too eh? we haven't flown yeah. off the surface yet uh, yeah no no but we'll talk about that later it's, yeah it's kind of weird and neat the mole men are coming Maybe, but <laughs> and I look forward to working in their underground sugar caves. <laughs> As this uh, thing, whatever it is, is rising out, it's kind of reminiscent of like Godzilla or possibly a Megazord from Power Rangers well, rising from the, uh, okay. the fiery pits. All that was missing was the the monster. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little go lion action. Yeah. At the base of the mountain, Mel scrambles out amongst the falling rocks. And inside, the batch begin to slide down the walls as the room rotates around them. Outside, Mel turns and uh, sees this huge mech on four legs rise up out of the mountain. And it begins to walk forward. So I just, I'll I'll, I'll pause here for a second. Go back to uh, our Zillow Beast comment. Pull that up again. Remember when the marketing for this uh, for the season came out and there was this sequence in the marketing and people were like, oh, it looks like the Zillow Beast is coming back. Is that what we're seeing here? Or... Or is there an appearance from another Zillow Beast later on? I don't know. Gonna have to go back and look at the season two trailer again. I have to yeah. watch that. Yeah, this thing reminds me a lot of of the the uh, what is it the rake the one of the creatures from the the Geonosis. Um, the reek was the rhino looking thing. Yeah, I know. So the um, the yeah, Ackley? I know. The Ackley, the Ackley, the Ackley. right like with the, the thin head, head and the, the yeah. thick forward arms. Kind of, I know they're not, they don't end in points necessarily, and yeah. giant lobster claws. <laughs> yeah, but we'll break down this beast in a little bit here. Nice, it's um, it's Mega Godzilla, yeah, kind of essentially to me, anyway. Yeah, but uh, inside the batch stagger to their feet, and Tech says he suspects this isn't a treasure vault, and Omega calls out, Well, then what is it? And Echo states, good question. But outside on it, we see a uh, circular depression in the mech's head, and it lights up, sparking and building, until it shoots an energy beam, destroying everything in its path. Because that doesn't look like Gojira's energy breath weapon. Well, not at all, but it's also uh, a very War of the Worlds type vibe here. Uh, That too. With Mm -hmm. uh, their land machines. From the uh, from the main deflector of the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
as the energy beam stops inside the head, the blinding light subsides and tech relays that whatever they're standing in just uh, is as highly destructive and just emitted a massive energy surge. And Wrecker asks what they can do to shut it down. But tech arrives at the conclusion since the removal of the heart is what activated it, putting it back should shut it down. Yeah. But fee, she's clutching the crystal close and tight and uh, pleading fee questions. Do you know how much this is worth? It's what we came here for. Can't you find a separate kill switch or something? But then Hunter puts it to her. Their ship is out there. And if it gets destroyed, you're going to be stuck on this planet. So reluctantly, she agrees and holds the crystal out to him, but then tells him flat, you owe me. So again, is she on that Sid-like vibe where eh. I lost this, so I'm going to hold you to it? I, you know, it's a hard one to, uh, you know, you owe, I owe you what? You dragged me out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You dragged me out here. What do I owe you? Yeah, that's sure. a check that might never be cashed for sure. <laughs> or does it get cashed sooner? Than I'll later. tell you what, when I give you a ride home, we'll call it even because I could just leave your ass here. Yeah. Just then something growls behind them and a doorway begins to pry open from the outside. Uh, I don't know if it's another one or the same one, but the cave monster is back. Yeah. And wrenches the door open and leaps inside. The batch open fire on it and Fee falls backwards, dropping the crystal down a crevice. The creature oh, wow. it, uh, bounds around the room, dodging blaster fire. Well, that's definitely our our best look at it. We get a better one yet. It almost gives me uh, um, clover like vibes, Cloverfield vibes, a little bit, a bit. The mm. face, the face of it. It looks like an evil Tauntaun. Yes, <laughs> with the <laughs> the ram horns, with the with color palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely the color gray. Oh yeah, Tuesday, gray. Though. Oh, the gray. Also Tauntaun colors. True. <laughs> but uh, Fee runs telling them, you know, you guys deal with the creature and I'll retrieve the crystal. And, you know, that's kind of like the moment. Is she going to take it and run or is she going to come well, back? Where's she going to go? Out. Steal the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Very pirate thing to do. Run like hell. Mm. Jack Sparrow it down the beach. Yep. <laughs> we already had that one. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, this that thing is huge that they're in. They got to be a couple hundred stories. Stories, up. yeah, yeah. And they yeah. pull it back. They're, you know, it's not just like your average mech. That thing is it's towering a above a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Fee climbs down and uh, tries to grab the crystal as the batch continue to fend off the creature, but the crystal falls as the mech lurches forward, and it comes to rest on a platform near a window. And Fee snatches it up, but as the mech unleashes another energy blast. She's thrown out the window and only the presence of a cable stops her from falling to her death. Holding the cable with one hand and the crystal with the other, she begins to slide down. But just as she's about to fall, Hunter reaches out and saves her, pulling her back inside. And she rests for a moment, but Hunter tells them, we're not out of it yet and we got to keep moving. Legacy line. Legacy line. True. We're not out of this yet. And is this him cashing that? Or, uh, yeah, I don't owe you anymore. Yeah, here, I just saved your ass. <laughs> or even. Yeah. Relationship. But, uh, <laughs> outside, Mel shuffles forward, trying to avoid the oncoming devastation. But the mech moves its head and uh, tilts it in Mel's direction and unleashes another energy blast. Oh, and unfortunately Mel. destroys the little droid. Poor Mel. I actually thought he was going to, like, Mel, just just deke, man. Deke left or right. That's all you're going to do. <laughs> well, no, no. You, you call him he, but interesting point here. Descriptive audio calls Mel a she. 
Oh, as in like so, Melanie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so is very gender now a canon thing? It always, but it has been since L three three seven. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, for sure it has. Yeah. Okay. Because again, that uh, you know, grain of salt descriptive audio, but I mean, they the three PO refers to R two as a he. I'm trying to he's, think he's, now. He's faulty, he's sir. Malfunctioning. Yeah. Is L three the first openly uh, or, or like f- like on the nose female persona droid we've seen in Star Wars? I don't no. Know. No, uh, the protocol droid in Phantom Menace at the very beginning. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. Uh, With the, uh, serving the drinks. Yep. I'm I know exactly you mean, the silver one. Um, that's, pro- that's probably the first one that yep, I can think of. But right. I, there might be another one. No, you're right. You're right. Now I'm going to have to do some legends uh, research now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but back inside, uh, the cave monster continues to bound around and knocks Echo to the floor. Oh yeah, you did. You were right. You, yeah, that's a look. really good shot of him. So you see, uh, it's almost dog-like. Yeah, but it he is. Does have yeah. a tail. So, um, just as he's about to pounce on Omega, Wrecker grabs the beast by the back leg, but it kicks him back and cracking the glass of one of the huge red-domed windows, turning its attention back to Omega. Wrecker again catches it by the surprise. This time by the tail, though, and he begins to yank the beast back. Tech and Omega continue to unload on the creature, but its body is covered in thick armor-like plating. Another comment coming well, in That's here. an interesting thought. Uh, from Facebook, Mel and Hunter's relationship reminds me of Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn in Bird on a Wire. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I, I, be, I, I think what the, they mean here is Fee and Hunter. Fee, yeah. Fee, yeah. Fee and Hunter's relationship. Yeah. yeah, Bird on a Wire. Yeah. I'll have to go back and nice. watch that now, too. But uh, as Wrecker pulls the beast back, he calls for them to shoot the window, which they do. And uh, it shatters the glass of the first pane and cracks the second. Wrenching the beast back, he swings it and hurls it towards the window. And it crashes through the remaining cracked glass and falls to its apparent death. So I wondered, do we think, uh, just between the three of us, do we think the fall will be enough? I think maybe. Like it, like I say, like you know that that's thousands of feet in the air. I, in my estimation, yeah, you're so looking you, down hundreds for like sure. That, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know on Earth, if you were a hundred stories, that's ten store, ten feet per yeah, story, yeah. or a thousand yeah, feet, thousand feet. And you're looking at those tree lines, like, like from a low plane there. You know, like, oh uh, yeah, true, yep, yep. I'll give you. I, that. I, I, it looked massive to me, especially the long shots, like. Right. It stepped out of a mountain and then towered above said mountain. Yeah, like yeah. the mountain crumbled around it. Yeah. Well, so, if you liken oh it to, uh, you know, the end scene of Tremors, where the one yeah. creature, who its hide was mm. like impenetrable for shots. Oh, yeah. Mouth was yeah, yeah. Good. Even when it flew out, though, and fell that distance. Yeah. Gravity took care of the rest. Mm, that's true. I'd also say somebody run through the lightsaber in the gut would die, but we've seen that not happen three times now. Apparently, so. uh, you can survive <laughs> that. Two times, at least. (laughs) But Wrecker, he calls out uh, to Tech to do something. And as he tries to interface with the control panel, he calls back saying nothing is working. And the mech head, it swivels until the Havoc Marauder is in its sights and it lumbers forward towards it. I'm at this point in the episode, I'm wondering, like, is it, is it semi-autonomous? Like, I don't think it's sentient. It probably has some kind of programming. A la uh, Gort threat assessment or something. Gort, 
in this in the like I don't want to go back a bunch of frames, but when we first got here and they were flying in over the mountain, when I rewatched it the second time, I was noticing there looked like there was a lot of car paths. Right. Like this like from the last time this from thing the beam, fell. right. Yeah. Is this and like a callback to the day the earth stood still? Like that idea? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's 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 shades of that for sure. I think this is just that type of weapon that it's just like when it's on, it's, it's on. It's you drop it on this planet and, and it's going it to destroy it. Perhaps th until they found the key or whatever thousands of years ago, that's what happened to this planet. This one single creature or machine uh, just you know, walked around until it was planet. done. So now the bigger question is who made it? How many of these are in the galaxy? What got, was their I purpose? Got, We'll yeah, I have three. I have three thoughts that we'll get into. I'll give you right. one right now. This is this is yeah. me just throwing this at, at the wall. This mm. is a this is a seed for the acolyte. Mm. Yeah, although the yeah, I mean that's only a hundred years. Ago. I think that there might be we're going further than that too. I think that I think with some of the stuff we're about to get into with yeah. the uh, old Republican stuff, I think we're going further back in time. Um, okay, and this to me it feels like either sith empire or ricotta like really old oh, stuff yeah, like yeah yeah really ancient stuff um i mean they had world destroyers like that you know stuff that they had created or or even um the uh the the mandalorian the i can't remember their uh the race name forgive me but the the uh ancestral mandalorians oh uh, which yeah, a lot yeah of okay fan okay. fans have been speculating that that creature at the end of the the Mando three trailer uh, may actually possibly. be right. Okay. And another ancient, highly technological race bent on destruction. Well, I mean, of which there are many in star Wars, of course. Yeah. yeah. But back here uh, inside Hunter and fee, they're back on the top level and Hunter tosses the crystal to tech. Once more, the descriptive audio gets it wrong saying that Wrecker tossed the crystal to tech mm. as opposed to Hunter, <laughs> but whatever. We know what they're talking about. Yeah. Again, the uh, energy beam, it starts to power up and tech struggles to mount the crystal back in place. But Omega helps steady it and guide it towards the mount and they attach the crystal, turning it and locking it in place, causing the beam to power down just in time. Seems like kind of like the reverse of a Kyber, using Kyber to power something, not to depower it. True. Maybe it's mm. not Kyber then. Maybe it's, but it does focus. Yeah, <laughs> because the crystal, I mean, it begins to glow and spark, causing the batch to back up. Yeah, but until, the energy uh, is too much for it, and the crystal begins to melt. Because it slags. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so outside, uh, we see the mech start to explode from its joints, and it begins to topple over, and Echo calls for everyone to hang on to something, because there's not the uh, what are you gonna do? action hero moment. Hang on to something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they rush to the side of the room as electricity arcs about, and uh, the head of the mech it blows up and finally comes to rest on uh, the hill overlooking the Marauder. And as the crew walks out through one of the broken windows amidst the smoke and sparks, you really get a great scale. Oh yeah, because there's just how big yeah. this thing is. Mm. It's huge. Yeah, you know there more trappings here in those shots with the uh the the cracked it's almost like i don't want to say lava but whatever is whether yeah. it's like is it is it blood what is it is but it very 
very uh, Sith evocative with the the color palette, the reds and the oranges. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. Ancient Sith tech. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Could be. But, uh, tech sites that this puts them zero for two in treasure hunting, even with a professional. <laughs> but looking for the silver lining, Omega says, well, we did find the heart of the mountain. The legend was real. And Fee tells them that's the right attitude to have. Does that further suggest that she's just BSing it the whole time? Maybe. Because <laughs> she comes away with nothing, too. Is the jury still out on that one? Do we think she was just full of crap the whole time? Or shreds? I mean, truth? just saying names like, you know, so that, they're they're in right there. How much research do we put in on an episode? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And to come right. away from an episode where every name drop, almost every name drop appearance. is a first timer. Oh. Right. And I mean, we are fond of saying everything mm-hmm. is intentional. Yep. I mean, they just went to a system that was uncharted. That's also right? true. That is also true. Yeah. That's two in a row as well. New, new planets. Yep. Uh, two episodes in a row, I should say. The, this is the perfect format. This type of show is the perfect format for galaxy expansion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, you don't have to dive in too hard on the locals. The stakes can be high. They can be Tython high. They can be uh, Mount Tannis high. But they they can also be light and airy, and we can just throw creatures and planets and alien races. Like we got uh, to go to Tatooine last week without actually going to Tatooine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which was almost refreshing. (laughs) But here we cut back to morning, and the batch have made their way back to the ship. And Hunter says, at least no one can ever activate that thing again. And Fee chimes in. So what you're saying is it's a good thing we came here after all. Hmm. And Omega, she offers his condolences about Mel. But Fee says, oh, it happens all the time. And she keeps a backup on her ship's databank. And she then confidently tells them that Mel will be rebuilt before they head to Vadne. I did like that. The fact that there is a backup. Yeah. yeah. So good, yeah. good for her that she's at least thorough that way. So it's not like. The droid isn't just a throwaway tool. No, no, yeah. Valuable to her. Like <laughs> yeah. Companion. Like, like Hondo uses Ugnaughts. And <laughs> <laughs> Melchi. <laughs> but Omega asks, what's on Vatne? And Fee spins around saying that uh, she has a lead on a certain chalice. Very ancient. And Hunter mutters, really? But Fee, with her arm around Omega, leads them on, telling her, legend has it that the chalice once belonged to the kingdom of Elways, lost over a millennia ago. And Hunter shakes his head, and we hear an enamored Omega let out a really drawn out, wow. I immediately <laughs> went to, you're going after the Holy Grail? Well, yeah, there's Holy your Grail. nod. Uh, <laughs> both Vadne and, again, the kingdom of Elways are mentioned here for the first time with no previous ties that I could find. But like you say, the mention of a chalice could just be another yeah, nod to yeah, yeah. the Holy Grail in uh, Last Crusade. It, mm-hmm. That posits a very interesting question about uh, religion in Star Wars, that there must be countless, oh, countless uh, faiths uh, for them to go and explore. So, I mean, if you wanted oh, to absolutely. tell Indiana Jones stories, you have no end of of, of stories you could tell. Mm-hmm. And like considering the Easter eggs that are already left behind in that franchise. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be weird to just I'm not gonna lie really and, tie them? And the incredible fan movie. Uh yes. so everything you can you can call me crazy, but when they got to this planet and it was like completely decimated 
and they they go inside the they go into Mordor and they get to that first door where they actually see that it's like square and uh, sharp lines and you okay somebody built this thing yeah right in my mind i was i was repeating the line a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and i'm like is this earth is this ancient earth is this <laughs> the history like earth's past middle earth <laughs> well maybe <laughs> maybe but, and then of course, it's no, possible it's yeah i mean you know E.T. recognizes Yoda, and then we have E.T.'s in Phantom Menace, in the Phantom and we Jones, have yeah. Elliot holding a, a Greedo and a Boba Fett going, yep. you know, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, they they have Earth has been mentioned a couple times in Star Wars. They have yet to, on the nose, like, pass by, like, a ship flying by, or, or like, right. making a, a, an overt... That's yeah, Earth. there's no battle like, Battlestar yeah. Galactica action for sure. No, no. Yeah. Do you think that somewhere down the line that there they, that there is somebody bold enough to actually put it on the nose and go, here it is, that's Earth? I mean, it's possible what they're dealing with in the comics, especially in the uh high republic stuff, is they're starting to go outside the galaxy and talk about other galaxies. Mm. Okay, like really expanding the Star Wars universe, yeah. if you will. So not going to lie, that, that's where my mind went. Uh, I actually thought, oh, we're going to go to like ancient earth or something or post-apocalyptic earth or, you know, there'll be some visual nod like a, like a burned out <laughs> that's car. That's your liberty. We could get a, we could get, we could get a <laughs> Star Wars Planet, Planet of the Apes. Apes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> damn you. <laughs> you damn nerdy Wookiees. <laughs> uh, but here, uh, finally, the Marauder, it lifts off and banks away from the smoldering wreckage of the mech and we fade to black. You know, I, I like the episode. I'm not gonna lie. I like it a I like lot it. more now that I've reviewed it with you guys. I tell <laughs> Isn't you, what. That the case, I didn't though? dislike it before, but yeah, no, I yeah, like because when we put all our conjoined sort of references and things yeah. together, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So let's take a moment here, though, to give a shout out to our descriptive audio guy. Oh, sure, yeah, uh, oh, it's hey. Jamie Treacher, known for his roles in George and the Dragon as Captain Darcy. Oh. Okay. Uh, DC Hughes in the BBC EastEnders, EastEnders. and Pegasus Radar Man in Wing Commander. Pegasus oh, crazy. Radar Man. Freddie Prince yes. Jr. There's another, oh, uh, Star, another Wars Star Wars reference. Yeah, that's yeah. our Kanan So let's tweet this guy pictures of our characters and pictures of their names. <laughs> our good friend Jamie. And uh, we'll just say we're just helping him out. Yeah. But that's not all we got. Let's talk oh, about you got more? This. Okay, yeah, let's keep let, going. Let, keep let, going. Yep. Let's talk about this giant mech for a minute. Uh, you mean the dragon sword? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh crap. Uh-huh. What uh, is that? Boy. So some <laughs> folks boy. online are comparing it to ancient Zepho technology. Oh wow. Similar to what was seen in Jedi Fallen Order. And oh. others think that it resembles something closer, maybe to an ancient Sith weapon, or maybe even the Colossus from Mass Effect. Right. There's been no definitive answer yet from Lucasfilm. But it seems odd that none of our characters will be able to ID the mech if it was an already established technology. But looking at the oh. uh, the Jeffo Tomb Guard, okay, there is okay. definitely some echoing elements there. This the idea that I mean, it's at least a thousand years old. Yeah. Um, man. But when she says it predates the Republic, which Republic is it? The first or the second? Like, is it? The current Republic, which has been there well, for a thousand years. I was going to say the Republic or has is stood it for the yeah. High Republic from, you know, 20,000 years ago. 
that's a good question. It's hard to say. I mean, all we know is it's not the third Republic. <laughs> I mean, that, that head shape is, it's pretty consistent with the, and the, species. the, the, yeah. the layering of the, the plating. Uh, like it's not uh, wow. That's not lost on me that that is a very strong, there's yeah. a strong argument to be made here. Yeah. But I think the original Sith uh, race were like serpentine too, like had like, like hooded, almost like Cobra cowl style heads. Right. Too, right. Which yeah. would actually fit as well. Stuff too. Well, maybe, maybe, man, that's real cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's some pretty ancient stuff going on in fallen order. Well, um, um, survivors about to come out here. So, I mean, mm. that, uh, Keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes peeled because yeah, maybe mean, absolutely would they they would one hundred percent start weaving those things together. Like uh, you could almost say that Fallen Order is a a, a series or uh, on its own. Like like yeah I, I yeah, know, yeah. I must have played that game for forty hours, so <laughs> it's longer than the more 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 episodes of that, if you will, than than the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, in terms of you know sheer hours spent, so I'm very uh, very interested to see where this will turn up again next because I feel like it's only a matter of time. Yeah, because like you look at the uh, the energy weapon itself. Yeah, and it's got shades of Death Star. Yeah, I mean, but that mega weapons, super weapons have have are, are like a just a fundamental piece of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how many of these are out there? Where did well, they come from? I mean, uh, it's maybe some Sun Crusher technology. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the, the Ricotta had the Planet Annihilator tech. Like well, that's they, it, right? You know. Like, is this part of? And I mean, we've already had Luthen, who's uh, you know made a reference to the. Uh, going back to the kyber how it's a symbol of the of the rakatan empire mm-hmm. and that's um, another deep dive into you know throwaway line that's a deep deep dive into the universe coming from a guy who is you know super at least superficially is a history buff yeah oh man that was the other thing that i didn't get to but i really wanted to i yeah. wanted to go back through luthan's gallery Oh, well, like, you is know, there we were very thorough. resembling. Well, I know we were thorough. We were pretty we thorough headdress, on that. The headdress, uh, like, you know, you pointed out the name for the headdress. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a giant <laughs> pearl. Would that have, you know, aside Could from it have like, been... oh, look, the great dragon pearl. Right. What is it sitting there without us knowing it? Is so is the now that brings up a whole bunch of other questions because now you're like, is was the art department and and or the, the show that was not. That had no Easter eggs, by the way, because it's not, uh, it's not about fan. There's no fan, sir. There's no fan service in Andor except what the art department snuck in there. They would have wrote every name on the friggin' wall. I'll tell you well, that. <laughs> you know what? That came up. You sent the you sent a link over, I, and I'm not going to mention the the channel, but um, sure. another channel had had talked about that sequence about the wall, and talking about how disappointing that it was that they didn't name everybody. And I am firmly convinced that. To have written all of the names and CT numbers on the wall would have written them into a corner because those are name numbers that you can no longer use to tell stories for people who are alive. Sure. Yes and no. I mean, because if you look at them, like you just would have had to have that master list on with the story group to carry on. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, if you look at them as the emperor did, that they are literally just a resource who gives a crap if he's dead or alive? 
just post this list here. And if he made it out, like, you know, he made it out. Interesting. I think it's a holdover though. I, I don't believe that the empire erected that. I believe that is a holdover oh. from the, the Republic. from the Republic. Yeah. Ahsoka runs across it before. Yeah, absolutely. So, well I mean, order 66. It's and a memorial for the Geonosis during the battle. during the the reign of the Republic. He still had to keep up appearances, and that's yeah. something that you you that would do. I honestly, yeah. I get the impression that for the first like maybe fifteen years of the Empire, he was trying to keep up appearances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> until until the Aldani incident. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they 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 try to hide the destruction of jetta <laughs> that's <laughs> right yeah right yeah, like yeah. what 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 is there to hide from if you have the we, death star we still planet. have the the mining accident on uh on that planet yeah. where so he lost his sister right but it was no mining accident oh man wow that was uh Lots that was seeds planted so yeah that was uh episode, episode five entombed same wow. so. in We'll be back again uh, in a week's time with uh, episode six. Do we know the title? Have we? Uh, have uh, we do, ahead? but I haven't. I, don't, I haven't looked ahead. I don't know. I haven't committed it to memory. Um, it's almost February. It is. Um, guys, I just want to. I know. I, I don't want to sound like a broken record here. Um, give me a second here to pull this up because. Um, is it February? Really cool. is it, it's not. It's, it's almost. Days, it, will five be. Degrees it is today. almost. It's going to be um, seven degrees tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic. Where I am. <laughs> Guys, at the end of December, we were asking your help to help us get to 100 subscribers. And I know that I've, I've said this before. I probably sound like a broken I wish record. you had responded. Um, <laughs> and as I said before, we crushed that in under 24 hours. Um, so we extended our, our, um, our 100 uh, subscriber contest and we put on a, a stretch goal of 200. That if we could get to 200 by what was it december, december 31st december 31st we would oh. give out a second prize i gotta and say I, I thought it was nuts i did too i, I didn't think we were gonna get i thought it was it. nuts that's why i was like i'll give a grievous out i don't care <laughs> december 31st now here we are it is now it is sunday january january 29th, 29th 2023 and just earlier uh, just before the live stream started we just hit 301 subscribers mental i am overwhelmed at the amount of support that uh, the people who have uh, found our youtube channel uh, have shown us um mm -hmm. that they're willing to take a chance on a small channel like us who and i've said before long format is not for everybody um so for everybody that shows up on the live stream every week god we we love you thank you so oh, much um please please go in and uh, have a look at the channel we are putting out more stuff weekly uh, uh i am endeavoring to post uh, at least one short video a week and there will be more coming i know hank you had been working on some stuff i know Andy, you've it. got some ideas uh for shorter uh, things that uh you know can uh, engage you for you know that three to five minute uh time slot that everybody seems to you know when you're on your we, lunch we hit uh 500 by say uh valentine's day i'll go to somebody's house and do their dishes you fly <laughs> me to california i'll do your dishes man <laughs> if you want i mean this is unbelievable and like i said we've hit that sort of sweet spot and there are many along the route to a lot of followers or you know not that that's not our intention if you guys like us and want to follow us awesome uh we're I'll gonna keep you. doing this 
We did it for eight people. We did it for 80 people. We're going to do it for 300 people. We'll do it for a million people if you want us. But uh, we've, we've hit that point uh, where I think it's, People are like, oh, these guys are starting to pick up steam and maybe, uh, maybe. willing to sort of jump on board. And and uh, like I like when I look at other shows out there and I'm not even trying to be arrogant or toot our own horn, but uh, uh, sometimes it helps to toot your own horn. But I think you should toot it a bit. I don't see the consistency that we have out there almost anywhere. Except but, you for know, like it's... the guys that are being like paid to do podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And, Right, like I, I, I really don't see a weekly show, like clockwork weekly, like with all the special, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, for for two years, and I can go like we've put out a hundred and four episodes of like weekly yep. for two years, not to mention the other dozens and dozens of stuff that we've done. I, I can I can tell um, you that take a risk, guys. We, we, we are we love doing. I think and it shows. Everybody I talk to is like, wow, you guys clearly love what you're doing we're in uh, we are in year three so uh, we count october as our uh, as, as our, our anniversary yeah. and so we are presently at uh 182 videos now Amen. we had a few months where we were just an audio podcast so uh mind you those 182 do include all of our original audio podcasts when we had nothing to look at so it's just this like crazy looking waveform on a screen um yeah don't necessarily go back and watch those however do go check out our uh, our back catalog because there is a ton of stuff there and a ton more to come i would say for me my, the next the next goal is 500 because at 500 for those of you who don't do youtube uh, at 500, we can get access to the community tab, which means that we can start posting photos and text in YouTube, or we can start engaging with you guys as a community and we can talk to each other even more. Uh, we can run polls and, and uh, things of that nature there because not mm -hmm. everybody wants to come and follow us on Facebook and not everybody wants to wa look at our Instagram. But if you're here on YouTube with us, then that's where we want to be with you. So, um, 500 guys, if you can, uh, you know, share with your like-minded friends, encourage, uh, uh, you know, one or two people to come and check us out. Um, we would really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. As, as that number grows it, and if it remains being exponential, that it's just, yeah. Tell everybody, you know, cause we're, <laughs> we're entertaining as heck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough about us. Um, is there anything that anybody else wants to, uh, talk about before we wrap it up for tonight? I'm looking forward to the next episode. I am looking forward to the next episode as well. I too have. I'm, I can't stop watching that Mando three trailer over and over. And Man, over. Uh, <laughs> I am nervous as all get out when we hit the those overlap weeks. But hey, yeah. um, it's going to be crazy, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, yes, yeah, totally worth it. Don't forget, we do have a Patreon. Um, uh, I've been uh, I've been very uh, diligent at getting our videos out to Patreon, uh, not the live streams, but uh, our pre-produced stuff. Uh, I've been getting those out to Patreon ahead of time, so you can get them uh, in advance. Um, and we have a couple of uh, tiers there for you guys to to sort of uh, take a look over. If you want to be part of the production team here, get your name uh, in a production credit. There's a couple ways you can do that. So I encourage you to go check us out, check out our Patreon. All the links are uh, in the video description, so you can uh, check those out at your leisure. But until uh, the next time, everybody, which uh, there will be a next time, because mm -hmm. we've still got, uh, what, uh, 14, uh, yeah, 14 more episodes.
Um, no, sorry, it's 16 episodes for the six, season. Yeah, we got 11 what, more episodes. 11, 10 or 11 more to go. 11 more to yeah. go. <sighs> a lot. And no tailing <laughs> right into the, an overlapping, in fact, with The Mandalorian. We're, yeah. we're yeah. going to be chugging along for another four or five months without a, even a drop in the bucket. With no break. <laughs> but we're not a Star Wars show. <laughs> no break. Listen, I've I've just been putting like, hey, <laughs> subscribe for even more weekly Star Wars content. <laughs> I think I've uh, I've resolved that. Oh, we are a Star Wars show and more. That's right. And, and if we happen more. to do, yeah, absolutely, we, we just happen to like other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you guys got an idea for one? Let us know. And as to no, all the content creators out there, all the big guys and stuff, like if you if you are, you know, if you're making Back to the Future Five, these are the guys that 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 will love that stuff. You know, <laughs> I can't wait for Indy Five. You know, that's, that's so uh the only reason we cover Star Wars so much is because there is so much content to cover. God and God, I love it. I can't I, I mean, love it, it is it is the uh, the I've said this before, uh of Golden the age. When I think of the the most important science fiction properties in my lifetime, it is it is top three. It's number one. It is number one. It is number one. For it me. is the That's number yeah. one most important uh, uh, pop culture science fiction phenomenon of my life. And I've said it before too, and I feel this way about Marvel comics, and I, I I include DC comics, although they're not necessarily my bag. But it's it's the modern mythology. Yep. And I always think to myself, did did the Greeks read Ovid's Metamorphosis in real time and realize? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 that's what future generations are going to go. This is what the gods were to them you know what right. i mean like yeah yeah, you yeah. See in a thousand years they're going to be studying star wars like it was ancient human culture yep yeah yeah you're absolutely right well just a few days before uh the next episode is up uh just here what three days from now yep uh which means we'll be back just a few days after that like i said we're never first but we're always thorough absolutely and until the next one guys for fandom power my name is wes i'm andy and i'm hank and we'll see you on the next one bye for now guys Woo-hoo. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.